John Moxley is the cherry on top of the cake. And you look in there and go, I want that fucking cherry. And you fucking eat that fucking cherry and you take it. And then when you stand up, you see Vince McMahon at the doors and you go, fuck you, you old bitch. He uh, broke his own leg trying to counter a wrist lock. Just sue my fucking ass and suck my dick while you're at it. Gorilla press through a table, fucking misses the table. Dumps me on the concrete fucking ground. Since you want to shoot, cowboy... Brother, I am lost for fucking words. I'm seriously... I'm honestly... I'm sat here right now and I... I don't even know like, what... What the fuck did we witness last night? I don't remember. I just don't remember a wrestling pay-per-view being... As Pop City incredible as last night's were. Fucking hell. Look, guys, it's Shoot Talk. You know what it is. Let's get amongst it. It's Sunday the 26th of May 2019, which means last night. You know that last night was AEW Double or Nothing. You know, for years... I don't. I don't want to come in here and talk about WWE, but for years, WWE has been the benchmark for wrestling. It's been the measuring stick. Whenever there's a big pay per view, whether it's Rumble or WrestleMania, whether you like WWE or not, you tend to sit there and you watch it, and you know you critique it because they don't give you, they don't give you what you know should be happening. And it's not about being selfish. And it's not about saying, "Oh, I wanted this wrestler to go over on this wrestler," or "I wanted to see this guy show up on this show." It's not down to that. It's just down to the fact of that company who has a stranglehold on wrestling give you what they want to give you. And if you don't like it, it doesn't matter because you're still going to watch regardless. You're still going to tune in. If it's Royal Rumble, you're still going to tune in eventually to WrestleMania and they're still going to get the money off you. So they're not bothered. And I've not paid money to WWE in years. The last time I think I ever gave money to WWE was when I paid for the network when I, I think it was when I came back from Australia and I paid for it for two months and that was it, I cancelled it. That was the last time WWE ever got a penny out of me and that would have been 2014. Last night what I did was I paid £15 to ITV box office for AEW Double or Nothing and I don't regret a single cent. It could have been 50 quid, and I'd have paid it just absolutely fucking incredible but look guys um i've not got a lot of time at all today um i didn't even know if i was gonna have time to review this stuff today but i have been able to find the time i don't know how um so yeah let's just fucking i'm gonna run straight through it but can i just say something from the bottom of my heart if you're a wrestling fan and you're listening to this review right now because you haven't watched double or nothing and whether you've seen what happened or not and obviously this is going to be full of fucking spoilers if you haven't watched it, or fuck it, even if you have watched it, please just go back and watch it again, because I'm going to. Because this is finally what wrestling is really about. This is what we grew up on. Unpredictability. Stars just having incredible fucking matches and not being watered down. Freedom to just be who they fucking want to be. 
this is fucking wrestling at its very best, man. And I'm so, so excited that I'm living through an era where it's all changing for the better. Man, I'm fucking buzzing. Anyway, uh, let's jump into it, shall we? So it starts out with the pre-show Battle Royal. But before that, I had a bit of a gripe. Uh, because it wasn't all Sunshine and Rainbows last night. There was there was a few issues. As there was always going to be. Um, I don't know if it was ITV. I assume it was. Uh, obviously, the guys in the arena, they would have had a great intro to it. But us at home at ITV, when I put on ITV4 for the pre-show, the buy-in, it didn't come up with any intro or pyro or anything like that. Like, you know, like I like I do expect from WWE, I hold my hand on my heart and I say that. I am used to a WWE intro. So I was thinking like at least some kind of video package, but it opened up and all of a sudden the fans were booing. And I'm like, what the fuck? This is the first pay-per-view, this is your first event and you're opening up and fans are booing. Like, what's going on here? Is there something going on? Have, have they been waiting too long for something? Uh, is there a fucking light in their eyes like there was at fucking WrestleMania? But apparently what it was, well, I say apparently, I know exactly what it was. The wrestlers were already in the ring and MJF was just working the crowd. So the intro, the buy-in, already started on ITV4 and then when they cut to it, obviously the wrestlers were already in the ring and MJF were working the crowd and they were booing it. So it was a bit of a really weird intro. Then they cut to Alex Marvez and Excalibur. Man, Marvez last night, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He, I said I, I said it on Twitter. If you don't follow me on Twitter, make sure to go ahead and follow me on Twitter at ShootTalkMartin. Um, but I said it on Twitter last night. Alex Marvez, he seems like a really nice guy and obviously he's picked AEW over WWE, which you, know, you, you can't fault the guy for, but... Man, last night he was terrible. I'm not going to pull any punches. He was fucking garbage. He was he was garbage. I'm sorry. Looks like a nice guy. Um, but I'd say it to his face as well. I'm sorry. But no. He was, he was fucking... He was awful last night. So, so fucking bad. Um, the pre-show Battle Royal. Gonna st- I'm just going to... Again, no pull, not pulling any punches. I'm going to say how it is. The match wasn't good at all. Um, the cameras and the production was shit constantly just missing spots that was happening uh, there were moments in the ring in the middle of the ring obviously it works out when it comes to a battle royal or a royal rumble obviously you work in the in the centre of the ring so people can focus on one thing and they're not missing spots all over the place and there were times where it looked like people were genuinely lost and they didn't know what to do in the middle of the ring and sometimes you just get these awkward interactions um, a lot of guys were missing stuff. Uh, it didn't feel rushed. I'm not going to say it was that. I don't think anything last night felt rushed, but it just it just weren't hitting. Just weren't hitting it, unfortunately. Uh, then Hangman is the number twenty one that comes out. That I thought was a bit. You know, I am going to say it. I thought it was a bit anticlimactic. You know, obviously we were going to get Hangman versus Pack, and then that didn't come out. And then everyone's like, "All oh, right, well then, obviously it's going to end up being Hangman who comes out in the." Uh, in the Battle Royal thing, and I'm glad it was Hangman over John Moxley, because the fucking ending was just incredible. Um, let's get a sip of this fucking H2O. Ah! But, yeah, when Hangman's music hit, obviously, like, Hangman, I'm one of his biggest fucking fans, I've been for years, and when his music hit, I was like, alright, oh, oh, well, it's Hangman. And I'm, it probably was just my feelings towards the match itself. And in like, I'd, I'd just prefer this match to be over. 
And when Hangman came out, I was like, all right then, just give it to Hangman and that's it. We'll walk off. We'll go to the next match. But even how the match ended, I didn't like. Uh, also, shout out to Joey Janela. He took two nasty fucking spots in this match. There was at the start where I think it was Jungle Boy gave him a Hurricane Rana and he wanted to spike himself and he fucking spiked himself and it looked like he snapped his neck. It was fucking horrible, but he continued working the match so he looked like he was all right. And then there was a moment where Luchasaurus picked him up and I think he either powerbombed him or choke slammed him through a table, I think it was, I can't remember. And again, even, Pen- I don't know a second name, but Penelope on the side, she fucking screams out at the top of her voice and he just went with it because Janela just goes through the table head first, man. It looked, I, I turned to Nicole and was like, he's, he's fucking dead. I thought for a minute he'd literally just died. I was like, this pair of fusion going to have to get shut off because Joey Janela has just been killed. But apparently he walked, he walked away fine, so that was it. But Jesus, man, that Luchasaurus, I've never seen that guy before, but fuck me, I would not want to run into him. That guy is a fucking monster. Uh, if they build him right, he could be like the Kane of AEW. You know how Kane was back in the Attitude Era with WWE, how fucking cool he was, mate? Tell me Luchasaurus is not fucking class. I really liked him. It was a really good showing for Luchasaurus last night. Even the fans were getting behind him. I don't even think the fans would have shit on it if he had gone over Hangman Page, to be honest. Um, But again, I was a bit disappointed with the ending as well because they just did... I saw it on Twitter as well that a couple of people were like, why is it most Battle Royals or Royal Rumbles end with, oh, we forgot about this guy? Um, MJF, obviously, is not hiding under the ring, but he's just outside hangman throws over luch i think it was hangman and luchasaurus at the end i think uh i can't remember too well and then the fucking even the even the uh, the timekeepers rung the fucking bell as if to say oh he's like and everyone everyone every man and his dog knew that mjf was still in this fucking match mjf comes in Throws Hangman over. Hangman stays on. And again, MJF does the typical thing where he throws him over and then doesn't check to see if he's actually throwing him over. He just turns to the crowd and goes, I've won. Um, It's just a really boring ending. It was a boring ending to a a pretty crap match, I'm not going to lie. But, you know, it is what it is. If if they're not firing on all cylinders, it's it's not going to happen, is it? Anyway, moving straight along, we've got Kip Sabian. Versus Sammy Guevara. Uh, really, really nice match. I really enjoyed it. Uh, quite surprised that Kip Sabian won. So, yeah, credit to Kip Sabian. By the looks of it, AEW like him. But again, the cameras, man, they were fucking shit. They were missing spots. Um, there was a moment where Sammy went for a topic on Hilo. And the cameraman didn't even bother. Like, whoever was running production on this didn't change the camera. Um, oh sorry, didn't change the feed to the camera. So we just saw Sam, we didn't even see him jump over the fucking ropes. The camera was fixed on Kip Sabian and then Sammy goes over the ropes, lands on him and all we saw was the landing. I don't even think we got a replay of it, like for fuck's sake. So, yeah, that that was annoying. Um, there was a few There was a few times that happened last night with the cameras but again, it's, just, it's the first show. I'm not going to fucking, I'm not going to die on that hill I guess. Um, and then to end the fucking pre-show, um, Cody in the books and Kenny and Brandy came out, uh, talking it up and then Cody was given a really fucking good speech and then ITV cut his fucking speech. 
they just fucking cut it because they cut it because it was the in-between point between uh, the free show, the, obviously the buy-in, and um, the fucking pay-per-view itself. For fuck's sake, you couldn't just run it to the fucking national anthem. How hard would that have been? God, that was it looked so fucking amateur. So fucking amateur. So anyway, we go into the fucking um we go into the main the uh, the main card. SCU versus the Good Hearts. Jesus fucking Christ. I did not expect this match to be as good as this. Oh man, this absolute insanity. Um again I've got down in my notes here. It fucking started out. SCU's making their entrance. You can physically see that they're coming out on the right-hand side and the cameraman goes to the left and then they had to cut back into the ring. Oh, sorry, I think it was either, it was either the fucking SCU entrance or the uh, the Good Hearts entrance. But it's still like, what the fuck? We can see them coming out. And you're going to the other fucking... Oh. Fucking camera work last night really did annoy me. Um, but the match itself was just fucking incredible. I've not got time to talk in depth about all these matches but every I don't think a guy I don't think anyone missed a fucking beat last night in this match so fucking good and L Linderman I don't know why this guy stood out to me I really don't but even Daniel texted me after the match and was like I like L Linderman it's like yeah me too and I don't understand because he didn't really do anything much different to anyone else everyone else had just as much good showing as L Linderman but for some reason the way this guy was doing stuff um there was like that fucking diving tiger roll sunset flip off the top rope where he just launches himself across the ring and sunset flips perfectly, folds himself underneath, I think it was Scorpio Sky, and lands it. Oh man, that looked so fucking good. Um, but yeah, SCU went over, which I was quite surprised about. If you'd have told me, because I remember in my preview, I said that this was the most obvious match that OWB was going to win. But... After the match, you look at it and you go, you know what? I'm not too bothered that SEU won that because you could see that they were showing off these guys just as much as each other. And whoever won, it didn't matter because the match was that fucking good. So, yeah, really good fucking opener. Um, shout out to Frankie Kazarian as well. The fact that that guy is moving the way he is. Oh, <laughs> I fucking love Big Frankie. Uh, women's triple threat match. And then we've got um, Kylie Ray versus... Oh, God, Britt Baker versus... Oh, I can't think of a name. Nyla Rose, that was it. But it starts out with Brandy coming out, and Brandy played it quite well because, obviously, she was in a wrestling gear. It looked like she was going to put herself into the match. And then she introduces Awesome Kong. Um, everyone lost it. Every The fucking roof blew off. I didn't think Awesome Kong was that fucking over, but, yeah, she comes out. The match itself was really fucking good. It was a good showing for all four of these women. Uh, Kylie Ray especially, she was pulling off some insane moves uh, and Britt Baker gets the win in the end. So yeah, again, really, really good fucking match. Uh, moving on, we got Best Friends versus Jack Evans and Angelico. Let me just get some more fucking H2O here. Oh, um, I'm going to say this, Jack Evans, as good as he is, his acting really fucking wires me up. It's just annoying. He doesn't know when to shut up. Like it's not his character. It's him himself. You can clearly see where he knows he's good. He knows that he is amazing, and he is. Credit to him. But we need to put a mask on him or something because this guy just constantly. Like, there was a moment I remember where he was actually playing to the crowd that much. The ref had to turn him around and was like, "Angelico's waiting for you to do a fucking spot here." 
he was really getting on my nerves um, in this match, just constantly running his fucking mouth. I mean, I know that Will Ospreay does it a lot in the matches where he constantly talks and he swears and stuff, and that's fine. I've not got an issue with it. And the same with Jack Evans. But it's just, you could see that the match was slowing down because he was just taking too long, playing to the crowd, or he's on the fucking ropes trying to talk to the crowd. Even the end spot, you know, where Chucky e. T and uh, Trent are like, you know, hugs. And Jack Evans goes to the fucking ropes again and he's saying to the crowd, like, oh, should we hug him in that? Like, fucking hell, come on, what are you doing? So anyway, that was annoying. Um, and Angelico at times looked to miss spots and looked a bit awkward, really. I mean, Angelico is fucking class for his height. He's he's awesome to watch. But I'm not going to lie, there was times where he looked really awkward. It looked like it looked like it was an American guy versus a Mexican guy who didn't know how to speak English. Um, it just didn't look like at times he was he was missing his cue or he was just forgetting spots and it was looking quite awkward. But the match itself was fine. I, I, I enjoyed the match personally. And then it ended with a gimp rape. It ended with a gimp rape. I don't know why. The lights went off and all of a sudden some bold guy with a beard's there and some fat guy in a mask and some leather jacket. So I'm like... Alright, well, I don't know who these guys are, but whatever. All oh, the lights are off again. Oh, is another tag team going to show up? Or are all these guys going to be laid out and this random tag team's going to be stood there? All of a sudden, lights come back on and there are about 20 gimps just stood around the ring. Didn't get it. <laughs> Didn't get it at all. Um, if WWE had done it, we'd have, we'd have killed WWE. We'd have absolutely destroyed them and gone, this is what wrestling's turned into so you know AEW doesn't get a free pass uh, I thought it looked really fucking stupid um, the guys in the ring again I don't know who they are no disrespect to them I just don't know them never heard of them but obviously there must be a big deal if AEW are putting them over like this uh, they go and run rough shot over Evans and Angelico and the best friends uh, they did um, like a top rope finisher and it looked really really fucking cool so credit to that and then they did this weird thing at the end where the fat guy like clicked his fingers and all of a sudden all these gimps made like some weird throne for him and then the beard just stood next to him and he's like just like looking at the crowd weird and then he clicked his fingers again and they all just ran off and then the lights went out. I, uh, I like stuff like that. I like like the Bray Wyatt stuff you know, when the lights go out and then he pops up and he's there. And even if like he's controlling like Harper and Rowan and stuff, that's cool, but Gimps? Gimps? Eh. Didn't didn't really know about that one. Didn't really uh they weren't feeling it. But that is what it is. Anyway, moving straight along. Next we have the six woman tag team match. I'm not gonna do these ladies I'm not gonna do these ladies a disservice and try and pronounce the names and get it wrong. Uh, I'm just gonna say that all six of these women Wow. This was, for me, one of the matches of the night. Uh, incredible. Absolutely fucking incredible. There was only two things that really hindered this match. The weapon spot, that it didn't look right at all. Um, I don't know if they were trying to go for something a bit faster and a cue got missed maybe or a spot got missed. But there were times where because they were taking so long it didn't look believable because the referee were just talking to the other women in the corner and you could see that the ref kept like turning ahead to see if the spot had finished yet and it just looked really weak like how how is the ref how are we supposed to believe how are we supposed to dispend 
our belief that the ref isn't hearing these weapon shots or she's not seeing these weapon shots. Like it just, uh, it just didn't look great. Um, and also the massive fuck up at the end. We really could have done with not having that shit at all. Um, I don't know if it was the ref's fault because she kept her hand down and she only really fucking pointed two in the sky when the bell went and the fans kicked off. Or I don't know if it was the timekeeper's fault and he rung the fucking bell too early. Obviously, it probably it was a mixture of both. But, again, it, they didn't need that. On the fucking first show in possibly one of the matches in the night, they, they really didn't need that. Imagine if that had happened in Cody and Dustin's match. Or the fucking Kenny Jericho match at the end. Yeah, Fucking, it's such a shame. But in total, man, if you get a chance, go back and watch that match. Incredible. Uh, next we had again one of the matches of the night Cody versus Dustin starts out um, some weird throne is just just appears out of nowhere and at first I saw like the like the symbol on it and I'm like that's a shout out to Triple H it has to be Cody's gimmick isn't sitting on a throne like that like some kind of Roman stone tablet throne that's not Cody's gimmick so anyway, then you see the skulls, and I'm like, well, Cody's got, has he got a skull on his cane? So I'm thinking, oh, maybe it is Cody, and the next minute Cody's music hits. So I'm like, all right, fair enough, don't really get the throne thing. Cody's walking down the ring, takes off his fucking cape, or gown, whatever you want to call it, and then Brandy has got a sledgehammer. I lost my fucking shit. I was, honestly, mate, I sat up. Nicole, at this point, had fallen asleep, and I was just, I was having to like bite my fist in excitement. I'm like, oh my fucking God. Not just is he calling Triple H out, but he's going for him. Grabs the sledgehammer, starts walking up the ramp. People are going fucking crazy. The roof is going. You see people animated in the crowd. Something I've not seen in a wrestling crowd, like a massive wrestling crowd like that for so long. People are jumping up and down, screaming at Corey. Go on, lad, do it. He's teasing it, he's teasing it, and then bang, sledgehammer through the fucking throne. The, for me, the battle lines have been drawn. The fucking battle lines have been drawn. This is now a war, I'm sorry. AEW have said since they've started that they don't want to go to war with WWE. They're not here to compete with WWE. They're just here to give a different kind of wrestling product, but nah. When you're doing stuff like that, you are starting a war. Um, Incredible, absolutely. Absolutely amazing entrance. Uh, the match itself was insane. Um, Dustin, I think in the first five minutes, did a deep, deep fucking slice job. Mate, he fucking ripped, he almost ripped his face off with how fucking deep he went with that cut. Blood is pouring out in buckets all over the ring. It's getting in his eyes. Um it was a shout out, obviously, to his dad because a lot of times there's visuals of Dusty back in the day doing the cut job. There was also a really fucking cool moment, and I don't know if it was meant on purpose, um, where Cody's got Dustin in a sharpshooter. And Dustin, obviously, he's got the blood pouring out of his face. It's um, And what he did was he, like he... He was sat up on his arms, like arching back, like Austin was in the Bret Hart sharpshooter, uh, which again was kind of like the start of the Attitude Era where Austin was coming into his own. Um, that visual looked really fucking cool. Really enjoyed that. But yeah, this match again is a match that you have to go back and watch. 
Um, I said in my preview that this could end up being match of the night just through the storytelling and the characters alone. And the one thing that I'm taking away from this match especially, does it not piss you off seeing how fucking good Dustin Rhodes was when he wasn't held back? Doing some of the stuff he was doing last night at his age. Imagine if we'd have got this 20 years ago in WWE. How fucking over would he have been with us? More than he was already, sorry. Fucking hell. Man, Dustin, uh, by the looks of it, Dustin could go another 10 years. I'm really happy Dustin didn't retire last night. Really fucking happy. This guy can go still a long fucking time by the looks of it. So yeah, really, really incredible match. Cody goes over in the end and then he gets on the microphone and says, you're not retiring. I need my brother. I need a tag team partner to go against the Bucks and just they fucking hug it out, man. Pool of blood. Great match. Oh... So, so fucking good. Anyway, then we get the title reveal. Um, this was a bit awkward. They had Jack Whitehall, who apparently is kind of busy mates with Tony Khan, which was quite surprising. I don't know if a lot of Americans know Jack Whitehall, but over here, he's like one of the... I wouldn't say the biggest comedians going, but with all the stuff that he does over in America and all the TV shows that he's on, he's, he's really fucking big over here. Really fucking big. So yeah, it was pretty cool to see Jack White all getting involved in the middle of the ring, obviously. Then calls out um, for Bret Hart to come out. Everyone again pops off, loses their shit. Bret comes out. Um, Bret shouldn't have been on the microphone longer than 10 seconds. He fucking stumbled a little bit. Uh, then... Brings out Hangman Page, obviously because he won the Battle Royal before. So Page comes out, and then MJF comes out, and I didn't really, I, I liked him. I, look, I'm a massive fan of MJF, and I liked the stuff that he was saying. I loved it when he was like, "Brett, Brett, there's a fan in the ring right at the time," and he just starts cracking up. Um, but in total, when you look at this, this wasn't needed. This was just a bit of filler. You didn't need to drag this out any longer than it was, and it took attention away from the title in the end because. When eventually Jungle Boy and Jimmy Havoc came out and they all started attacking MJF, whilst the camera was focusing on that, Bret Hart had already taken the title out of the bag and was showing it around the ring. So again, people were more focusing on the fight and then they looked in the ring and was like, oh, he's got the title out. The title itself looks really fucking cool, but it was just a bit of an awkward reveal. That's all it was. But anyway, we live and we breathe. Uh, moving on, we got the last two matches, Bucks versus Lucha Bros. These last two matches... Um, I'm going to say something here. Uh, well, I'm going to say something when I get to America Jericho, but I'm going to say something here as well. First of all, this match again was amazing. Incredible. Absolutely amazing spots. Obviously, it's Bucks versus Lucha Bros. We knew it was going to be Spot City. But was it too long? There were times in this match where I looked at it and the crowd started to go a bit quiet. And there were times where even I was like, how long is this fucking pay-per-view running for here? Because obviously in England, it was running past four o'clock. And I'm thinking, how long is America, how, how long is America and Jericho, fuck's sake? How long is Omega and Jericho going to be running here? Um, and again, this obviously the longer it went, the slower it got. Because obviously these guys were getting knackered. Uh, but yeah, look, the match itself was fucking incredible. Personally, I just think maybe it went... Even if it were just five minutes, I think it was just five minutes too long. Personally, just for the stuff that they'd done, I think they could have done it in a short period of time. But again, I'm not in the I'm not in the middle of that ring. I don't know how to structure that match the way that they did. So I'm not I'm not harping on these guys. I'm just saying it. You know, I was sat up and I was just thinking like, 
oh, fucking hell. Like, let's just get moving. I want to see this fucking Omega Jericho match. And I want to see what the fuck, how, how the hell they're going to wrap up this entire fucking show. Because it's already been so fucking good. Um, and again, I, I don't exactly have a gripe over it. But why did the books go over in this? You got Hangman who went over in the Battle Royal and is now the number one contender. You got Cody who went over on Dustin. And Dustin isn't retiring either, so... And now you had the Bucks going over on the Lucha Bros. It was, it's just a bit, like... I, I understand that, obviously, AEW don't want to be uh, predictable. Obviously, SCU going over on OWE, no one thought that would have happened. Uh, obviously, the surprises we got tonight, no one was expecting Arya Kong to come out. Um... And obviously, Bucks would have looked at this and gone, oh, well, we've got the titles, which means everyone is going to think Lucha Bros is going over. And maybe even Lucha Bros came to Bucks and was like, look, why don't you two go over? Because everyone's going to be expecting us to go over. And I think maybe if the match was a bit shorter and that ending would have come a bit faster, people would have gone, oh, shit, the Bucks did win. But I think because the match was as long as it needed to be, I think a lot of people were were just a touch spent. I don't again. I don't want to throw shade, but they were maybe a touch spent. And when that ending came, it was like, all right, so they've won again. Like you know what I mean? It was just a bit meh. But overall, again, the match was just in fucking incredible. These guys are insane. Two of the best tag teams that there is right now. I'm not trying to blow smoke up their ass. It was so fucking good. Um, but again, for me personally, maybe, maybe just a few minutes too long. But anyway, we run into the last match now. Main event, Omega versus Jericho. The first thing I've got down on my notes here, and I am going to say it, people aren't going to agree with me. Was it that good? Really? Um, I'm going to, again, I'm going to say something and not a lot of people are going to like it. I am not that excited about Jericho matches, man. I'm really not. They're really fucking slow. I understand that this guy is one of the best wrestlers we've ever had in the world. I totally understand that. But... Uh, when you see Kenny Omega in matches with like Okada... And you know that they can be a mixture of fast pace... And incredible ring psychology... Last night, I remember there was one spot, I think it was 10 minutes into the match, they took two minutes setting up the next spot, where it was just like nothing was being done. Like, I don't know if Jericho was trying to catch his breath and what, but I was like, I mean, this is the last match of the night. I've been up since fucking whenever the fuck it was. It was touching 5 o'clock in the morning. I didn't expect this pay-per-view to go as long as it did. And now I'm sat here and I'm watching Jericho peeling himself off the canvas to try and go for another spot with Omega, and I'm like, come on, let's fucking, let's just fucking go. So, yeah, again, look, people aren't going to be happy that I've said that. The match itself was fine. I don't, you know, these guys weren't obviously going to put on a bad match, were they? But for me, I just thought it would, I just thought it was too, I, I just thought this match was really fucking slow. Really fucking slow. For your main event, and everyone's been hyped up about it. I mean, I was kind of expecting it because obviously it is Jericho and Jericho. You know, Jericho doesn't be flying around the fucking ring anymore. I I accept that and I understand that. And again, Jericho's character, man. I don't even think I enjoy Jericho's character that much. The weird spikes and stuff. I I don't know. I just I just don't know. 
That that's that's the only way I can put it. I I don't know. I don't know if I like Jericho's character. Uh, but yeah, for me personally, if it didn't get the ending that it did, I don't think a lot of people would have been talking about that match because no one's talking about that match. I've not seen anyone talk about it, saying, "Oh, Jericho and Omega killed it last night." Like, you know what I mean? But everyone's talking about a certain ending, and we'll get into it right fucking now, shall we? So Jericho goes over on Omega. Uh, personally, I didn't need that, but whatever. Again, it goes back now, and now we're gonna have Jericho versus Hangman. That's gonna be another slow-paced match. For Hangman to win his first AEW World Title, that's gonna be a slow match. Fucking hell! Again, look, people are probably listening to this and going, "Oh, how the hell can you? How, how can you complain about Jericho? He's given us so much for so many years. Like, respect the man in the ring. You know, it's like Ric Flair back in the day. Uh, he was slowing down, but he was still just as good. When he's when Jericho is in the main event of these fucking pay per views, I'm not giving him a fucking pass. I'm sorry, I'm not. If you're going to be the main event star in a company, you have to fucking. <sighs> I'm not dying on this fucking hill. I'm really not. Um. Anyway, so Jericho goes over on Omega. I was a bit confused. Jericho grabs the mic and says, uh, I barely escaped, but I won. Now I want his respect and I want your respect. I want a thank you. And all of a sudden, the crowd starts going wild. And I'm thinking, what is the cameraman missing here? Next minute, there he is. Walking through the fucking crowd, John Moxley. And I'm not going to lie, AEW did a really, really good way of doing this because when Jericho went over on Omega, I didn't think anyone was going to come out at all. I thought maybe the books might have come out and they just might have like superkit Jericho and been like, we don't need you for our company or whatever. And then Jericho refuses to work the title match and then Jericho interrupts the title match further on down the line. I thought it was going to be something like that. But when Moxley just walks through the crowd... Again, it was one of them things. Nicole is fast asleep next to me, and I, I have to do everything I can not to make noise. Inside, I am fucking screaming. Moxley comes out. He's in the fucking cargo pants. Um, fucking hell. Boom! It's his DDT. Ref comes in. Boom! Fucking kills the ref. Picks Kenny up. Kenny all of a sudden starts attacking John Moxley. Him and Moxley go outside the ring. Moxley takes him out into the fucking crowd. They're fighting in the fucking crowd. They climb up onto the fucking poker chips. Moxley, bang, finisher on the fucking poker chips. Throws Kenny off the fucking poker chips. The entire double or nothing pay-per-view finishes with John Moxley. Flipping off the cameras or the crowd. I don't know what it was. And just saying, I'm fucking here. Let's get it. Let's get amongst it. Oh, man. Oh, man. Incredible. (laughs) Absolutely fucking insane. People look back at the days in WCW and they say that when WCW really got into it was when they started getting guys from the WWF and Lex Luger showed up. Um... In in that match, I think it was Sting. Was it Sting and Flair? It was two guys. Um, don't know. Who it, I forgot who it was. And they were in the mall. And people had made um, 
memes of Dean Ambrose's face or Lex Luger's body as if they say that Ambrose is going to show up at double or nothing. It's going to be the exact same thing. Last night was a bigger statement, a much bigger statement. Not only has Ambrose showed up at the end of double or nothing to show that he signed with AEW immediately after leaving WWE, but he showed up on one of the best pay-per-views of the fucking century. If you are not excited, if you are not excited for AEW to be going head-to-head, jibe-for-jibe, fucking match-for-match, pay-per-view-to-pay-per-view, year-to-year, day-to-day with WWE, I don't know what the fuck I can say to you. (laughs) Man, I'm fucking... I'm lost for words. I really am. Last night was just too perfect. Obviously, Double or Nothing had its flaws and I've gone through them. Some people might agree with me, some people might disagree. But the Moxley thing for me put a, just the the cherry on top of the cake that... This cake had nuts in. That's the best way to put it. This cake had fucking nuts in. Um, Double or Nothing was a red velvet cake. A strong, beautiful, strawberry cheesecake red velvet cake. Don't even know if that's... In, I don't even know if that's possible. But it had nuts in. I don't like nuts. But... <laughs> that's the best way I could put it. Double or Nothing last night was just this amazing fucking dessert. But it had nuts in. We ate it regardless. We loved it regardless. We could barely taste the fucking nuts. And right at the end, when you think it's done, John Moxley is the cherry on top of the cake. And you look in there and go, I want that fucking cherry. And you fucking eat that fucking cherry and you take it. And then when you stand up, you see Vince McMahon at the doors and you go, fuck you, you old bitch. Oh, man. The battle lines have been drawn. Choose your fucking side. And strap yourself in because this, after last night, this has elevated wrestling to an entirely, entirely different fucking monster. And I cannot fucking wait. Oh man, but anyway guys, look, I've got a lot of things to do today. I'm really sorry um, that I've not been able to delve in more. I really would prefer to review all these matches a like just more in depth, but I just physically haven't got the time today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Make sure to go and follow me on Twitter at Shoot Talk Martin. Don't forget to subscribe to the Wrestling Newspaper FM, the only place to listen to Shoot Talk. You know what it is. And as always, guys, I'll fucking see you next time. <laughs>